Backed by popular demand, today we're discussing the Men in Black. But in order to tell their full story, we need to tell the story of Albert Bender. Bender devoted a large portion of his life to investigating paranormal phenomena until a few strange encounters changed the course of his life forever. We'll also explore how the Men in Black got their name, who they visited, what they were looking for, and of course, we'll tell some hilarious stories of their encounters people had with these odd, human-like characters. Do you like Jello? The Men in Black sure don't. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought tonight's show was about Johnny Cash, stick around. We're about to walk the line between reality and illusion. This is Necronomapod. I don't dispute that at times, you know, guys from the military have come out or from the government, government agencies, and have worn black suits, black fedoras, and warned people not to talk about their UFO encounters. There's no doubt that has gone on. But that actually only accounts for a very small percentage of the overall number of reports. The overwhelming body of MIB reports originate with something far beyond the whole government angle. People talk about seeing the men in black and they're sort of really pale. They kind of look non-human. Some people suggest they're sort of alien hybrids, something along those lines. So did you guys watch this uh, ghost adventure show that was in Cleveland at the uh, supposedly haunted Franklin Castle last night? I did not. I didn't even know it was on. I No. Didn't even know the haunted Franklin Castle was a thing. Yeah. It's uh, in Cleveland. In Cleveland. On like the near west side. The castle from the 1880s supposedly been haunted. Like the guy that had it built. I'm trying to remember the story. Like six of his kids died there and then. Someone started rumors that like he had something to do with their deaths. and uh, Sounds like a hometown hero. Yeah, well, more or less. <laughs> These guys were there. So I watched the first half of this show, and it was just ridiculous. So they had all their <laughs> equipment on each floor. But then, you know, like they have their uh, their their heat-sensing equipment. They're like, oh, bro, it's like <laughs> 77 degrees here, but look, I move over here, and it's 78.2 degrees. <laughs> it, was, it was a little silly. Yeah, well, I can't remember that guy's name. It's Zach something. Yeah. But he had like a, a jumpsuit on and he's he very real bro. bro. Yeah. yeah. They're walking up the stairs. Oh, bro, did you hear <laughs> did you hear that knock? Like clearly somebody was on the other side of the wall mocking. It was nonsense. That's <laughs> Jersey Shore meets Ghost Hunters. <laughs> I'm 99% sure that that show fake stuff to Oh, it 100% to it was get fake. results. It was not real. And people make fun of us for watching pro wrestling. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that. This was a with faker than pro wrestling. I'm not saying all of that shit's fake, but this show sounds like it's pretty fucking fake. Look the hair on the back of my neck standing up. Oh, something just brushed me. Next scene, they're in a club. Oh, <laughs> 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 so pumping, bad. Throwing back shots of Jaeger. Punching Snooki in the fucking face. <laughs> That's what they did in that show. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh. Man, it's not good. They use the uh, the spirit box a lot. Is that where it translate what the spirit's saying? No. It like no. is that really a thing? Well, they had like, some kind of device. It yeah. says words out loud. Like, <laughs> yes, right. You like you put. Well, I think theirs is the way that they do it. If I remember correctly, is they just say shit and then it says it like just throws out <laughs> words. So that's so it's Alexa. Kind Except of dumber. Oh, hey dumber. Siri, what's a ghost saying here? 
so dumb. I'm sorry, I did not understand you. You hear that, bro? Bro, you hear that? This place is you haunted, bro. Oh shit. You gonna do some Jaeger bombs? It's t-shirt time. <laughs> the uh, well, I always love seeing stuff about Cleveland, and uh, you know, like I've known that place since I was and a kid, and it's you know. like this is so fucking stupid. Did you ever go there as a kid? We went outside and go there two in the morning drinking in high school and stand in front. You know, it was like a wrought iron fence on the street waiting for cool shit to happen. But, and yeah. anything happened? Because ghosts aren't real. So, no, of course, nothing <laughs> ever happened. Goddamn. <laughs> you just got a blow job and then you went home. <laughs> Probably. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. That Hellier show that I like that's on, mm-hmm. uh, on Amazon, they do that stuff, but more from a science aspect. Like, they're not doing like yelling mm. words into it <laughs> like, yeah. like being ridiculous but they have a thing on season two of that that i thought was it was super interesting it's called the god helmet and it was developed by that's, that's co- what i call my condoms <laughs> <laughs> when i'm on that blue chew waiting to hear from them god helmet <laughs> But you put it, it was developed by a couple of professors and I can't remember what college, what hmm. university, but it mimics, it mimics like an out of body or like a miracle experience, like a, like a spiritual experience. Like people that say that they've had like an awakening from God, those type mm-hmm. of feelings, it mimics that it's like you put it on and it, it uh, I don't know, like the, the electrodes in it and stuff. It's really, really weird, but they have one there's only like two or three in the world and the one guy has one from Mm. that show and they were using that mixed with a spirit box it was actually really interesting the stuff that they were doing Mm. with that i heard of that that's interesting but not uh not just yelling in this machine look at the evp bro it's magnetic uh spirit stuff going on all over the place here it kind of sounds like it's not real (laughs) like that's just made up that doesn't mean anything so you don't recommend people watch that episode? Yeah, if you want a good laugh, it's just dumb, though. All right. What was the name of that show? Ghost Adventures. All right, Cleveland. Represent hometown heroes. I was excited to see some Cleveland stuff. Not great. Speaking not of great. heroes, people are pretty excited about today's episode. Based on they the are. teaser. It's oh, fun. When it's creepy. Do, when did we do Mothman? August? No. Last August? Like March. Like a year know. ago. It was like no. episode eight. Oh, yeah. Was it? A long time ago. Damn, time flies when you're having a blast. Mm, this is going to be episode 77. Look at that. And we touched on Men in Black then, and now they're back. Because they're a big part of that story. Yeah. They're almost bigger. It's almost more Men in it's Black. Half the story, than, yeah. yeah. And I think at that time, we teased we would do a full episode on them, and we put them on the, the back burner for a while, and it's time. Yeah. So we're going to probably going to revisit some of those stories at the end. Those are good stories. Why not? They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> a few of those. This is going to be a good show. And Britney Spears even pops in at well, one point. She does. I'll be honest. Anytime you say Britney Spears, something pops always. <laughs> if you're like, telling me right now Britney Spears is a man in black, then I'm I'm joining and becoming a man in black alien. They can, they can probe and prod me all they want. Hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> Invade me, baby, one more time. <laughs> Probe me, baby, one more time. There you go. You know who doesn't think that's funny? Barney Hill. <laughs> Barney Hill makes an appearance in this story, too. Yeah, he does. This is this is, this is a great so this is the greatest hits of the alien story. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. That's creepy, man, for sure. <laughs> Necronomapod alien greatest hits. 
So what we're going to really do is take a deep dive into like the general phenomena and, and theories of the men in black of like who or what they are. And to start with that, we got to got to get into a guy that kind of brought this idea to the forefront with Albert Bender. Albert Bender was born on June 16th, 1921 in Duryea, Pennsylvania. He attended high school in West Pitson, Pennsylvania, and was featured in a local newspaper article when he was 18 for writing to people all over the world. He wrote letters to correspondents in various countries, including Peru, England, Romania, and Japan. These letters he wrote were like up to 20 pages long and his goal was to collect things from different countries like coin and sand so that's kind of cool it is very cool it's just amazing what you'd have to do back then to get information like that yeah that's a, you know to do that back in the now. 30s yeah right yeah dear fine sir in uh <laughs> the jungles of peru please send me a coin like that's crazy yeah i wonder if people just if like in peru were like yeah fuck's this guy doing all right albert bender yeah. Yeah. get the fuck out of here who are you bender i barely know her <laughs> that's exactly what they said in peru i think it's exact quote i think that was actual audio from what they said yeah that's wild after high school bender enrolled in the united states army air corps during world war ii in 1942 he was stationed at fort george g meade as a dental technician and later transferred to Langley, Virginia. Uh, while he was in Langley, he worked as a clerk for the dental center and also became an editor for the army newspaper. It's a pretty great place to be in stationed in World War II. Yeah. Not too shabby. It's good to be a nerd during yeah. World War World War II. Picking through general's teeth. I'll take it, right? <laughs> so Bender's role in the paranormal and specifically with the men in black started while he was working at the Acme Shear Company as the chief timekeeper, which at the time was the largest manufacturer of scissors in the world. What's a timekeeper? So that's the guy that's outside the ring. And he rings the bell <laughs> to start the wrestling match, and he keeps the time. And then when the match ends, ding, 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 and, he, you know, he marks the match. You know, oh, pinfall, right. winner at 14 minutes and 36 seconds, you know, okay. John <laughs> Cena, or whoever won the match. I don't know. I'm spitballing here. So the scissors plant, that's what they did, like <laughs> lunch activity? Well, you misread it. It's at, like a head scissors, you know, like a wrestling move, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you tap out to those scissors. I only ask because I think we got Keeper wrong a couple weeks ago as an asylum. Just we did get that one exactly wrong. Exactly. We were corrected on Correct in my mind That's what a right. Keeper is. Well, in my mind, a timekeeper keeps the, the time of a pro wrestling match. Uh, from my understanding, he, <laughs> he just keeps the... Uh, the time like make sure like making sure everybody's doing what they're doing on like the assembly line and stuff okay that makes sense like now engineers have automated that yeah. but yeah back in the day and albert bender was in had like his ocd was through the roof so this was the perfect job for yeah, him. the perfect guy for that yeah right. well, i think we're going to talk about some of his his time habits here in a minute yeah you can relate to the ocd we talked about that last week mike <laughs> no. uh i think it was unanimous on the socials people agreed with me that fuckos working cash registers who give you the change on top of the cash need to be, you know, well, let's just say they, they don't deserve to live. Goddamn. That's a bold statement. I'm just saying. You can't, you can't tell me otherwise. They don't deserve, like, you can't. Anyways, doesn't matter. It's so, okay. So it's a Sagawa that shouldn't have been executed in your mind, but the, that the clerk at McDonald's who gives no, you the He didn't deserve wrong. to live either, but I'm just not saying we should kill him, though. Some people just weren't meant to be born. 
That's for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tastes at, like truer <laughs> words. <laughs> at this time, Bender lived in the attic of a house that he shared with his stepfather. And because he was so obsessed with time, like we talked about, he had 21 clocks in his room that were all set to have their alarms go off at the same time every 15 minutes. And these were various kinds of clocks, like uh, like pendulum ones, like mm. gonging ones. Yeah, cuckoo clocks. Yeah, he oh, just pretty intense every 15, 15 minutes. Minutes, God <laughs> damn! Imagine that. It's pretty intense. So I feel like at this point in the story, we could be talking about I don't know. Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, anyone could fit into any of these people. The guy liked time. Nothing wrong with that. He's not hurting anybody. No, just saying. Could, story could go That's anywhere. A lot. Story That's could a go lot. anywhere. Yeah, it really could. We don't know what this one. <laughs> if you were just tuning in right now, you're like, where the fuck are these guys? Exactly. Go? Well, little do you know, Albert Bender is not even the star of this show tonight. <laughs> well, he also painted his room with picture or with uh, paintings of demons and ghosts. And made it into kind of like this homemade haunted house that he called the Chamber of Horrors. He had it rigged with like rubber bats and rubber spiders and stuff that dropped down from the ceilings. <laughs> and he would constantly play horror style records that were like sound effects of uh, like thunderstorms and all kind of stuff. Like Halloween soundtracks when you yeah. go trick or treat and the people play. Yeah. yeah. They did the Monster Mash. <laughs> the Monster Mash. <laughs> <laughs> he would invite people over that he worked with specifically to to scare the shit out of him and stuff. And like, Albert Bender, you're a weird motherfucker. <laughs> if I met Bender and walked down, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. This is fucking cool, right? right? You guys would have hit it off right away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bill, want to come over and listen to some Glenn Campbell LPs tonight? <laughs> I do like Glenn Campbell band. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, because we're talking 40s here, so people weren't, you would be pretty shocked walking in and seeing like demons and shit painted all over this dude. Right, right. And then his clocks are going off every 15 minutes. <laughs> sorry, Glenn Miller, not Glenn Campbell. That's why I thought you meant Glenn right, Miller. Sorry. Yeah. I misspoke there. I knew what you meant. Starting with his research on the disappearance of flight 19 in 1949. And that's the flight that um, sparked the whole phenomenon of the B Bermuda mm. triangle. Okay. Future episode will be available in the archives at some point. For sure. It's not yet, so don't look it up. Bender spent all of his free time researching anything and everything paranormal. And he compiled years of research. And in 1952, he started the first UFO organization that was kind of like the precursor to groups like MUFON called the International Flying Saucer Bureau, better known as the IFSB. I know she didn't mention NICAP. Uh, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about them later in the episode. What does MUFON stand for, Mike? The Mutual UFO Network. Nice. Motherfucker, I even wrote it down. <laughs> I looked it up and wrote it down because I knew I was going to be asked. Come at me at trivia later this month. <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> I got this shit. The IFSB was a huge success almost immediately, and it was in large part to Bender's magazine that he self-published called Space Review. This was the like official ufology magazine in the country, and as far as I know, the only one that existed that had like an actual foundation to it. Like meaning it was funded. Funded foundation? Like people actually bought it and like followed what he was okay. what he was talking about. Because back then it was, I'm sure, pretty original for its time. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. And he he busted his ass to, to do all like this it, stuff. Yeah. 
only a few months after starting the IFSB, Bender would start getting harassed on a daily basis. This harassment started with strange phone calls. And in Bender's case, it would be phone calls with just complete silence on the other end. So we know like men in black ones, sometimes it's silent, sometimes it's weird. Breathing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like well, they don't know how to fucking use phones. Mechanical just... voices. <laughs> Hello, I'm a man in black. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I think when I think of them talking. Is Albert Bender home? <laughs> Bend her? I barely know her. <laughs> <laughs> As these phone calls kept happening, he also started to believe that he was being followed. One night after going to the movies, he opened the door to his room and was hit with a strong smell of sulfur. As he walked into his room, he saw a bright object hovering in the middle of his room, but when he turned on the light, it disappeared. He also noticed that all of his research files had been gone through. And over the next year, Bender would be plagued by the smell of sulfur, poltergeist activity, weird phone calls, and encounters with men dressed in all black. Hmm. His first experience with one of these men happened when he was at the movies one night. As he watched the movie, he could feel someone staring at him. And when he looked over, there was a man dressed in a black suit and a black fedora-style hat looking at him. Bender said that this man's eyes started glowing, so he turned away. And when he looked back, the man was gone. And this kind of thing would happen to him over and over again, where he would see these men in public looking at him, their eyes would be glowing and stuff. And he said that he would smell sulfur and get sick to his stomach. He also said that he got like migraines. That sounds awful. Yeah. So maybe one was, you know, stalking him while the others were at his house going through his stuff. Maybe. Sounds like gang stalking. A little bit. Available in the archives. (laughs) That was crazy. Hmm. I forgot about that. That's a, uh, lesser talked about episode that was wild the we gang got a, that was the first episode where we ever got people like ridiculing us about right yes because they thought we were gang stalking them by yeah. putting on an episode on gang stalking exactly how they should probably seek help yeah and probably not own a gun yeah also <laughs> no 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 guns yeah. no <laughs> and take your medic medication as prescribed Just keep on track and then it'll all stop oh eventually the men in black showed up at his house in a group of three. They showed up and communicated to him telepathically saying, quote, you have dedicated yourself <laughs> to the solution of the strange problem of unidentified objects in your atmosphere. Your interest is deep, sincere, and you have devoted many hours to it. We also know that such interest and determination in it might lead to something that could harm you. Mike, I think you dropped your pocket protector when you're <laughs> leaning over to the microphone. I hurt my nose. <laughs> so is this a threat to him, or are they trying to warn him and help him? What do you think? I think it's a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's more of a threat. Didn't we try telepathy in the studio one day? One of our prior shows? I think we did. I, I think feel we like did we did. Early on. Yeah. Available in the archives. Find it for yourself. <laughs> did it work? I don't think it worked. I did not. Britney Spears did not show up at my house, so no, I don't think it worked. I don't think that's what telepathy is, but <laughs> well, I tried to tell I tried to tell her to show up at my house. And she didn't show up. I thought I tried to communicate with you. We did. We did try that. I can't remember what episode that was. Failed experiment. Yeah. So afterwards, these three men told Bender to quit all of his research into UFOs 
and they took every copy of Space Review that they could find in his house and disappeared into a cloud of yellow fog that smelled like sulfur. And with that, only a year and a half after Space Review started in the ISFB, Bender published one last issue that read, quote, The mystery of flying saucers is no longer a mystery. The source is already known, but any information about this is being withheld by orders from a higher source. We would like to print the full story in Space Review, but because of the nature of the information, we have been advised in the negative. We advise those engaged in saucer work to be very cautious. Saucer work. I love that. <laughs> and That's wild. He just quit. So this guy dedicated his life to this, and then something scared, scared him enough to put this out and just stop and cease. Yeah. See ya. And like you said, this was the only magazine that held like a foundation that people give a, gave a shit about. It was super successful. Like there were tons of people joining his group and reading the magazine. Because yeah, I'm sure everyone was interested back then. What do you think our listeners would do if next week we came out and we're like, don't talk about this conspiracy stuff. It's dangerous. We're going to stop. Be careful. And then that was just, we just ended our show. Necro out. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Maybe. Enjoy your last cool down beer. Hmm. What do people do? Like it's just. People would probably be super And he was more successful than we were. Like, he was yeah. making a living off of it. People would be super weirded out by it, I'm sure. That's wild. He just gave it all up. He would achieve cult status. Maybe in however many years this is, people would be talking about us. Those dudes that just quit. Like, oh, they were fucking drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably drove their car off a cliff <laughs> driving home one night. Those fucking losers. <laughs> 0.45 blood alcohol yeah. content. Give a shit. No one misses them. It's a fucking clowns. Yeah. <laughs> like we said, Bender dropped this subject, dropped the whole thing. But another IFSB member named Gray Barker went forward with it, and he he ran with it. In 1953, Barker published a book titled "They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers." And that book featured Bender's story and officially coined the term the men in black. Gray Barker is kind of an odd figure in the world of UFOs and the paranormal. He says he's a true believer and people do believe he is. He's written and researched a lot of stuff, especially with the Flatwoods monster and Mothman. But at the same time, he loved hoaxing things and playing pranks on fellow IFSB members and other researchers probably not the best like path to do when people already don't take your craft seriously <laughs> right he's half ufologist and half you know jackass cast yeah <laughs> right yeah. like yeah credibility really, issues. like i fucking hate this guy because he ruins the story yeah he like fucks he, it up. he puts the disbelief in your head mm-hmm. sure and fuck him i mean in something like this credibility is you know your should be your number one goal and you kind of shoot yourself in the foot when you use stuff like this Absolutely. So I want almost wonder, like, did he get into this just to fucking troll people? I don't know, man. And we'll talk about Albert Bender's book here in a minute. But some people even believe that Albert Bender didn't write his book, that Gray Barker actually was the Hmm. one that wrote that, too. So I I don't know. Gray Barker really muddies up everything that he's involved in. Fuck you, Gray Barker. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. Goddamn. Regarding the men in black, he would do stuff like prank call Albert Bender pretending to be one of the men in black and and stuff like that and get Bender all fired up and kind of telling him that these stories were more than what they were and just like added to this paranoia that Albert Bender had. It it does. It muddies up things and you, it like, I'm trying to think of it. There's like this 
skeptic website out there and that's that's immediately they're like gray barker hoax sure of course so so he stole this guy's story profited from it and just fucked with the guy yeah Hmm. Yeah. bender let that initial story of his encounter with the men in black sit for nine years until he published his book titled flying saucers and the three men in this version of the story instead of just these three men vanishing into yellow fog they surrounded bender knocked him unconscious by just touching his shoulder and when he woke up he was in an underground alien base in antarctica it's like spock Damn. put the move on his shoulder and knock him out <laughs> yeah. i wonder why antarctica there's a whole whole thing with antarctica hmm. with the nazis and all kinds of stuff and the hollow earth and all right the, teaser god damn like here's a question three episodes can we do it on set down in antarctica i'll go i'll go with, I'd love to go down yeah. there sure beer is always cold um so when he put this book out though was it meant to be fiction or no was, no this is so it this was is his account okay but like i said there's a lot of people in the ufo community that think great great barker wrote wrote this book it wasn't Albert that's what Bender. i just didn't know when this book came out was it meant to be like just kind of science fiction-ish based on loose experiences or this was meant to be his gospel like yeah. this happened yeah there the men in black told him that they were not human instead they were inhabiting human bodies they had stolen from people to blend in with society the men in black went on to tell bender that the earth was unlike any other planet in the universe and since it was filled with chaos and suffering like supposedly we're the only planet that exists that like kills each other and all this kind of that stuff. sounds about right i can get into that i believe that part sure we suck <laughs> <laughs> fucking humans <laughs> the only reason they came here was because they needed our seawater to use as a fuel source and after explaining these things the men in black revealed their true form to bender which in drawings looked a lot like the flatwoods monster Ooh, available scary. in the archives mm -hmm. that thing was scary looking With those little red beady eyes yeah. so according to bender his story now he's surrounded by three flatwoods monster looking things what a little year a little different than those creepy ass motherfuckers yeah <laughs> what year was the flatwoods monster that was in the 50s too wasn't it yeah mm. and gray barker investigated the flatwoods monster mm. heavily did we, you'll have to refresh my memory. Did we talk about Gray Barker in that episode? Or Don't remember. Really I much. used think a, so. I used a clip of him talking mm. in the intro. Though. Okay. I sense some cross-contamination here. Mm, a little bit. <laughs> mm. Yeah, perhaps. So when Bender was taken back home, the men in black left him with this message. You are charged to keep our secret. We do not wish to take extreme action. And you will find that you will often consider giving away some part of this information. When you get such thoughts, you will be reminded of the consequences by headaches, which will be almost unbearable to you. At such times, beware of more serious conditions that we can bring about. So if you even start thinking about disclosing this information, they'll give you a headache. Yeah. If that doesn't work, they'll give you... Uh, give you the old Barney Hill treatment. Make Possibly. you fucking come without having an orgasm. The fuck is that? Just you soil your drawers. Yeah, sounds awful. <laughs> like sitting in a meeting or something. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> my mind just goes to wedding crashers. I don't know why. When she's fucking rubbing him under the table. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go ice my balls and spit up blood. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that story is way over the top. But somewhere in this whole, all this stuff that we just went through, is some there's some form of truth in here and it could easily be, be a mixture of mental illness or a condition that we're going to get into in a bit someone from the government really actually visiting bender telling him to stop and then gray barker fucking with him and and hyping it up in his mind yeah it's not outside the realm of possibility the government agents would have visited him back then yeah yeah that's what we're going to get into is they they were going hard on this at the time in the early 1950s, the FBI put together a group of scientists called the Robertson Panel to assess the national security of the UFO phenomenon. The Robertson Panel concluded that there wasn't a threat regarding the UFO phenomenon, like UFOs themselves, but ideas of UFOs were dangerous. They felt that the public and possibility members of the military could get too wrapped up in these ideas, and it would allow Russians, the Soviet Union, to create a mass panic, or slip in an attack when when a guard was let when our guard was let down. And if we go back to Roswell, that's one of the theories was that that was a Russian mm-hmm. thing that was intended to cause a panic. So they float a weather balloon over, divert all of our resources, and yeah. exactly right because that's the theories they put to to uh, mentally challenged kids and deform their faces and put them in that weather balloon and then dropped it in Roswell. Hmm. We talked about that. Yeah. Available in the archives. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them. No, of course not. Yeah. After this report, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover added to the report by saying that it was very possible that communists could infiltrate UFO groups, specifically Albert Bender's IFSB. Everything was communist back then. Oh, yeah. Red Scare, man. Ooh. It's also public record from like like things purchased with government funds that Hoover bought Gray Barker's book, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. So he was interested enough in these hmm. groups to buy the books and read them. Like he bought a copy of the book or he bought the rights to the book or every outstanding copy to get it off of the, the, the shelf. He just bought a copy of it oh, okay. to, to read it for himself. Hmm. Got to get those commies, man. And these weren't these guys, too, because we, we talk about um, UFO groups now. Like you brought up NICAP. And some of them that take themselves very serious and can kind of be dicks about stuff. But these, like Bender and Gray Barker, like these dudes were just having fun with this. You mm-hmm. know, they were super interested in it and they were just having fun. Yeah, I had 35 fucking clocks in his bedroom. Like he's not taking anything too seriously. <laughs> Hoover also sent out FBI agents to go out and start asking some questions regarding these groups. And coincidentally, the same year he did that was the same year that Albert Bender had his encounter with the three men in black. Probably not a coincidence at all, I would suspect. <laughs> Gray Barker also had an encounter around this time. Um, Albert Bender had gotten some business cards made for his fellow IFSB members and gave Gray Barker some with the title of chief investigator. That's what I mean about having fun. Like I could see these dudes being super pumped. Like, oh, yeah. we've got business cards. What's your title? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> or like American Psycho. The color is bone. <laughs> yeah. They're getting all fucking Great. jealous over what the type is and the color. <laughs> the font is. <laughs> so these business cards created enough alarm in the FBI for them to show up on Barker's doorstep asking him questions about the IFSB. 
According to Barker, he had no idea how they would have gotten a hold of one because he only gave them out to a few close friends. Probably a mole. Sounds like a mole. Yeah. It's a rat. Supposedly, one of the agents told Barker that one of these business cards was found in a pocket of a guy in Florida who showed up at a hospital having unexplained seizures. Barker told them, hey, I don't know anybody in Florida, and they just thanked him for his time and went on their way. Florida man, right? Well, what you can do? So that's what I'm like. It's not the weirdest story they've ever heard. <laughs> it's just weird. It's like the F- FBI was like, oh, shit, they have business cards now. <laughs> They're legit. We better get on the case here. <laughs> yeah. Communists with business cards. Yeah. Well, that was that was true. Like that's their thing. Like Hoover was obsessed. Oh my god! Yeah. With communists, so anything that was different or weird, they would fucking just go after relentlessly. So these guys might just been innocently going after aliens, and Hoover wouldn't have given a fuck about that. Yeah. He just thought they might have been communists. Yeah, I mean, these are literally just like the prototype ner- of nerds. Just having fun, and yeah. yeah. I mean, and it was scary back then. I mean, I, I guess probably a lot of people these days don't, you know, realize what happened in the fifties. But like Dalton Trumbo and those Hollywood guys, like some of them went to prison for refusing to name names and testify. The you know, House Un-American, what was it called? Un-American committees, you know, whatever they were investigating. It's McCarthyism. The House Committee on Un-American Activities. I forget the exact name, but yeah, right, McCarthyism, right? Yeah, that's scary shit. When you can get arrested and in prison for your, you know, political beliefs. Meanwhile, like these guys that. are literally just trying to find aliens. Yeah, they're fucking around, and looking for flying saucers. They're doing saucer work. Hoover has a hard on for them. Like these guys are fucking communists. Yeah, like no, right. these guys, there's like clocks and they're like spaceships. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And bats dropping from the ceiling. Right. You know? You're right. Bender's just trying to be a fucking yeah. cool dude out here. And so, but that's pretty much where the story of Albert Bender ends. He eventually. Uh, met a woman named Betty Rose. They got married, and he left the paranormal stuff behind him completely. And he lived a really long life. He lived till he was ninety-four years old. Yeah, he just died like uh, what, twenty twelve? Yeah, not that long ago. Yeah, damn. So ninety-four. Yeah. After this, he just he quit the IFSB. You can debate on whether or not he wrote that book or not, and that that was it. Something scared him enough to to walk away. Should just quit. So Did something he, that you, I'm pretty sure you could say he probably loved, right? Mm-hmm. To abruptly walk like that, the final issue. Did they even offer him an appearance in the Men in Black movies? Uh, cameo, I don't know. loose cameo, even. Those movies are so fucking. I saw the terrible. first one when I was like in whatever grade that would have been, like fourth grade or. They're not grade that or bad a movie. The, well, the first one isn't that bad. It's just not. It's not the Men in Black. It's. They're it awful. gives you a very different interpretation. <laughs> no, the first Men in Black it's is awful. not. It's a good. movie. The only good thing about those movies that. Is uh, Linda Fiorentino was in them? I don't even know who that is. The, I don't know who the that woman is in the movie. I, I haven't seen the movie in twenty years. I'm just I did. I watched it one time as a child in, in the theater, and you were like, "Fuck, this isn't the Men in Black. <laughs> Get me out of this bullshit." <laughs> Threw his popcorn at the screen and walked out. Not good. Yeah, I, I believe I, if that was fifth grade, fourth or fifth, I had already read John Keel's book mm. about Mothman, so I, I was already. Dave probably also hates Independence Day, which is fucking awesome movie. Why would you say that? <laughs> if you hate Men in Black, you hate Independence Day. Uh, They're fantastic incorrect. movies. They're both Men in Black is movies. not fantastic movies. <laughs> Men in Black is good. Men in Black is good. No, it's not. It just misrepresents the actual Men in Black. And it's not good. You're telling me Tommy Lee Jones made a bad movie? It's not good. Sorry, man. Well, you're wrong. I don't love it. You're wrong. It's a little silly. 
Those stupid aliens. Of course it's silly. So is Independence Day, but it's fucking awesome. Mm. Welcome to Earth. And he punches that motherfucker in the face. Oh. Of course that's silly, but it's awesome. I mean, it's a good movie. It's still silly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One's good and one's terrible. Men in Black is not a good movie. I don't agree with that. There will be an alien one eventually that we'll get into Independence Day and, uh, and Bill Clinton and how many times he had that video or that movie uh, played at the White House for him <laughs> and how many times he mentioned it because there's like eight. So or, he just uh, became obsessed with that movie or? Yeah, there's like eight or ten different uh, like public things where he specifically references uh independence day <laughs> he wanted to be who bill paxton yeah he yeah. wanted to be bill paxton in that movie yeah one of the ones i can I bill can pullman think. bill pullman yeah. that's who it is yeah yeah there was something what was it it was a bill something that that was getting fought that they were fighting and he said something along the lines of well if this was like a pendant independence day we wouldn't be playing these games <laughs> so that'll be a future that's alien ridiculous. today we declare our independence. <laughs> so th- this leaves you thinking like, well, where do the men in black stories come in is like these, uh, these weird entities that we've talked about before that we discussed on Mothman part two. And that is where we are going to get into tulpas. One of my favorite subjects. We'll be right back. We like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than Just Brew Coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check out their online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. And remember, they roast, you just brew. So this definition for uh, for Atalpa comes from a book called Excalibur Briefing. Quote, Atalpa is an entity created in the mind, acting independently of and parallel to your own consciousness. They are able to think and have their own free will, emotions, and memories. In short, Atalpa is, is like a sentient person living in your head, separate from you. It's currently unproven whether or not Atalpas are truly sentient, but in this community, we treat them as such. It takes time for a talpa to develop a convincing and complex personality. As they grow older, your attention and their life experiences will shape them into a person with their own hopes, dreams, and beliefs. So that's hard to wrap your head around. What's the Excalibur briefing? It's just like a paranormal book. Hmm. So Excalibur, that's King Arthur's sword. Yeah. It was Mike's college nickname for his penis, <laughs> King Arthur's sword. It wasn't, but I would love if that was one. But what does that mean? Isn't that also the one that was hard to get out? Exactly. Got stuck like dogs. Like a dog's penis, they get locked I think up. It just meant I had high standards. Like, go ahead and make this thing get out. If you get it out, it's yours. Mm. Much like Never Kid been. Rock, Mike fucks so many hoes, he's in the Hall of Fame. Is that a Kid Rock thing? <laughs> I don't know that quote. Fuck so many hoes in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) I'll take your word for it. (laughs) 
Isn't that a Kid Rock lyric? <laughs> I, I know so. I like NASCAR Day, but I don't know every Kid Rock lyric. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. <sighs> sorry. Fuck so, so that... many hoes, I'm in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right, I'm getting that tattooed on my tank. 30 pack of strohs, 30 pack of hoes. <laughs> now that one, I know. <laughs> no Rogaine, but the propane flows. Right? Is that American Badass? I don't know. <laughs> This ridiculous Kid Rock lyrics. Old, I liked old Kid Rock. Yeah. Who didn't? Ball with the ball. Back in the old days. Yeah. It's all right. Cowboy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. So a tulpa is kind of a hard concept to wrap your head around, I think. So it's, in short, it would be believing in something so much that you will it into existence. That would be in short. But not physically, right? Yes. That you could make it strong enough that it is a physical thing that you could see mm. in front of you. Pro wrestling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're looking at the men in black as a tulpa and they visited you and I was, say, across the street, I would be able to physically see them on your porch. Right. Okay. Because, oh, wow, that's intense. So the literal definition of a sentient being. Right. And it's, there's debate on that. But that's, if you go along the theory that the men in black are tulpas, then yeah, mm. you would be able to see them. We would all be able to see it. And this is one of the main theories regarding the men in black. And we'll, we'll get into some others at the end, but this, this is the one that makes the most sense to me based on how the men in black act. Bender suffered from Jacksonian epilepsy that can result in hallucinations, including smelling things that aren't there, like that sulfur smell that he got all the time. Sticking to the Tulpa theory, it's possible that a real visit from the FBI scared him enough into bringing that fear into, into hallucinations caused by his seizures. And then you throw in Gray Barker feeding into it and other people in the UFO world running wild with that idea. And in theory, at that point, you would have enough to create a Tulpa. Because it's real to Bender. It's being fed into by everybody else. And there's enough energy in that. Right. To make it physically manifest itself as a real entity. Right. Hmm. There are studies done on energy caused by the neurons firing during a Jacksonian epileptic seizure that are linked to energies that would manifest a poltergeist. That it's this kinetic energy that happens in your brain and it's like the same thing that goes on with a poltergeist. So like the Philip experiment, if you believe that, they were able to will that into existence. Where can uh, people find the Philip experiment show, Mike? Fuck if I know. What episode was that? I don't remember. Zoso and the yeah. Philip experiment. Oh, that's right. We talked about that a couple I weeks ago. I believe it's available in the archives. <laughs> that was a bonus episode, I believe. Was that free? Oh, I think so. Yeah, That was right. way back. That's a bonus, Zozo. And if not, you can join Patreon and find it. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. $5 a month gets you all the bonus shows. <laughs> but that Philip shit was wild, man. That fucking table yeah. rolling all over the room by yeah. itself. They And they worked on that for a long time, building yeah. it. They built him yeah. a whole story. and Backstory, he was like uh, from England in the 1700s or something. Yeah. yeah, He had a wife yeah. and things happened to his wife. I mean, they really got detailed in, into that. So if you think of Talpas in the same aspect of of poltergeist that it's what you're willing something into existence 
in the, in that it just let's say for the sake of argument that that is accurate with those seizures that it's the same kind of energy and it could do something like that that would be boom you have the talpa and then the rest of the world just ke- keeps feeding into it hmm. it's hard to wrap your head around it's yeah i mean it's it's a wild concept and it's been around forever with the uh tibetan buddhist buddhism and uh indian buddhism so it's not a new concept no it's super old hmm. maybe this is a project we should work on creating a talpa mm-hmm. i'm down yeah we can do it what kind of talpa so, would we want who goes first <laughs> <laughs> I want a Britney Spears Talpa. <laughs> Just manifest a clone of Britney Spears. Sure. Look alike. Well, while we're doing it, I'm going to manifest her with no vocal cords so we're spared the agony of. I don't need that. Fine. Perfect. I agree. <laughs> I accept those terms. <laughs> a nonverbal Britney Spears. Oh, now you're talking there. <laughs> All right. We can agree on that one. Boom. Ian, you want in on this? The creating the Britney Spears Talpa? Yeah, a nonverbal Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah sure. What's, your, cool own, what's your own touch you're going to add to it? Uh, she believes in aliens. Sure. <laughs> now, he's, now he's turned on. <laughs> and she's bald and incapable of growing hair. Well, now we're getting a little too fetishy <laughs> with that men in black shit. Still, I'll take it. So with that, with the with the theory of, of Talpas, let's, let's get into some of the stories of the men in black. Here we go. This is why everyone showed up today. You guys still with us? Hello, hello. Are you following <laughs> us? Who's ready for some fucked up stories? <laughs> Here come the men in black, <laughs> galaxy defender. Good guys dressed in black. Remember that. You know all the words. Ian. That's all I know, oh, actually. Okay. That was it. Jesus. <laughs> I wish I had the lyrics in front of me. I would have just kept going. Uh, in September 1976, uh, Dr. Herbert Hopkins, he was a 58-year-old doctor and hypnotist who was working as a consultant on an alleged UFO abduction case in Maine. One evening when his wife and children had gone out, leaving him alone, the telephone rang and a man identifying himself as the vice president of the New Jersey UFO Research Organization asked if he could visit Dr. Hopkins that evening to discuss certain details of that case. Dr. Hopkins agreed, and at the time, it seemed to him like the natural thing to do. He went to the back door, switched on the light so that the, his visitor would be able to find his way from the parking lot. But when he, got, when he got to the door, he noticed that this man was already walking up his porch steps. And he said, quote, I saw no car, and even if he did have a car, he could not have possibly gotten to my house that quickly from any phone. It's like a Jimmy John's commercial. Freaky, freaky fast. You hang up the phone, you get your fucking sandwich at the door already. God damn. But is that enough for you to say, I'm not going to let this guy in? You, you I don't know. Th- it's kind of weird, so. right? Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing with the men in black stuff is people always say like they, they're willing to like let them in and stuff. And then afterwards they're thinking, like, why the fuck did I even let that yeah, person right. in? Every girl I was with in college. That's what they think about you. I'm willing to let him in, but then afterwards, why the fuck did I let him in, me? <laughs> Here come men in black. So this man was dressed in a black suit with a black hat, tie, and shoes, and a white shirt. When he took off his hat, he revealed himself to be completely hairless, not only bald, but with no eyebrows or eyelashes said his skin was dead white and his lips were bright red. In the course of their conversation, this man kept apologizing that, quote, something was wrong with my lips. Like, he, 
he just kept saying, excuse me, something's wrong with my lips. And he would touch the back of his hand to his lips. Like he wasn't like, you know, you would like normally wipe your lips. Like he was doing it wrong and like using the (laughs) back of his hand to do it. (laughs) And after multiple times of doing this, it was revealed to Dr. Hopkins that this man's lips were painted on. Like his mouth was not a normal mouth. He had ended up wiping off this, like, I don't know, like red lipstick or paint or on the what. back of his hand. There's just this lipstick yeah. now. From wiping it. <laughs> so he's lipless. What's yeah. that called when you have no lips? <laughs> Seems like it should be called something. No lips, lipless? No, but no hair, like either. Like, imagine that. It's weird, dude. No eyebrows, eyelashes, hair, and no lips. Well, he <laughs> might have had some lips, but. He exaggerated them with like the the lipstick or whatever. But I think the account said he didn't have any lips. No, he did not have no lips. That's just fucking yeah. I mean, like we talked about before, it's a copy of a person, but not exact. So there's some of these small details that are not. That's creepy. That's so fucking. And they always have, dude. And they always have these weird. The voices are always like either real monotone. They say, or they, or they like Mm -hmm. don't. The sing song is always the thing that gets brought up with them. So let's just imagine this guy like real monotone saying like, sorry, there's something wrong with my lips and like doing that over and over again. Like, get this fucking guy out of my house, man. <laughs> right. Don't just don't invite someone like that in your house. Yeah. I mean, if he had a Jimmy John sandwich, maybe. <laughs> Give me the sandwich. The fuck Peace out, out Pally. Give me the sandwich. Peace out. The bootlegger is what I always get. No onions. Mm. Turkey and roast beef. Lettuce, tomato. Fuck Yeah. I That's get, where it's at. Well, when I used well, to the eat, gargantuan, I would get the gargantuan yeah. when I used to eat meat. But yeah. the gargantuan is so good. That's good. It's stuff. what is it? It's like all their meat double. It's everything. But then you're drinking water for the next six days. <laughs> it is the <laughs> saltiest thing. The gargantuan's good. delicious. The bootlegger is my also go to. What do you get? I've never had Jimmy John's before. Really? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, never had. Well, the owner of Jimmy John's is a big He's, game hunter, so fuck him. Yeah. You're probably, yeah, we, you're, prob- you're yeah. probably eating elephant when you think you're eating roast beef. So. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Agreed. So it was only afterwards that Dr. Hopkins reflected further on the strangeness of this visitor's appearance and behavior. Particularly odd was the fact that his visitor stated that Dr. Ho- Hopkins had two coins in his pocket, which was correct. He then asked the doctor to put one of the coins in his hand and watch the coin, not himself. As Dr. Hopkins watched, the coin seemed to go out of focus and then gradually vanished. And, quote, neither you nor anyone else of this plane will ever see that coin again, the visitor told him. After talking a little while longer on general UFO topics, Dr. Hopkins suddenly noticed that the visitor's speech was like slowing down. And the man then rose unsteadily to his feet and said very slowly, quote, my energy is running low, must go now goodbye and he struggled to walk to the door and down the outside steps like uncertainly one at a time like he was going to fall down the stairs or didn't didn't know how to walk down the stairs properly like those sorority girls coming out of mike's uh, dorm (laughs) room in college zoom 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 (laughs) couldn't walk straight Here come the man in black. And since this is an audio medium, no one saw this this thing that you you did. I didn't see my hands going up. Celebratory. (laughs) Someday we'll do an audio. We'll do a a, a camera visual. 
recording of the show, maybe for an episode. We can't do it all the time. Dr. Hopkins saw a bright light shining in the driveway that was bluish white and distinctly brighter than a normal car. At the time, however, he just assumed that it was this, this stranger's car, although he neither saw it nor heard it. Later, when Dr. Hopkins' family returned, they examined the driveway and found marks that could not have been made by a car. They were in the center of the driveway where wheels would not have been. But the next day, the driveway had not been used at all in the meantime, but these marks had vanished. I mean, to be fair, it could have rained or the wind blew. Yeah, yeah. Could have happened. Could have. <laughs> I don't know if the wind would have done that. Right, but Mother Nature could have taken it. There was course. a tornado. Could have happened. <laughs> could it, yes, a tornado could have wiped that away. You know, another. I I saw a couple different accounts of this story, and one of them said that when he was doing this coin trick stuff, he started asking him about Barney Hill. Do you know who Barney Hill is? Right. Did you see any of that stuff? Yeah. Where he, where Doctor Hopkins, it's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I've heard of Barney Hill, and I, I think he died a couple years ago, or died recently, whatever it was. What did the aliens say? Or what did the men in black say? Barney Hill didn't have a heart, just like you don't have these coins anymore. Something real weird like that. Jesus. Yeah. So it's interesting. Barney Hill and the UFO conversation. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. But I mean, Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Right. He didn't die from a heart attack. Yeah, so. I'm going to behave and not make a Betty joke. <laughs> I'll leave Angela Hill with my ass. That's right. <laughs> Although she never mentioned her, so I'm just saying. She only claimed one of those people. You think there's a reason for that? Yes, absolutely I do. <laughs> one of them's a fucked up lunatic. One of them died <laughs> innocently being, you know, mentally raped by his wife. <laughs> just saying. So Dr. Hopkins was, he was, uh, he was terrified of this this whole thing he's scared you know after he had no fucking lips right after he thought back on it yeah um so that night he went out and erased all of his tapes with like a magnetic uh all the hypnosis tapes erased them Mm. with a magnet and burnt all of his documentation regarding that case and just dropped it didn't even didn't bring it up again so mission accomplished for the men in black yeah their tactics work yep and as far as that mm. uh that new jersey ufo research organization that did not exist that wasn't there's, no, there's no real thing false alarm i guess it's not like he could google the organization after the guy called it's true, true. Mm. on september 24th 1976 only a few days after dr hopkins visit from the men in black his daughter-in-law marine received a telephone call from a man who claimed to know her husband, John, and who asked if him and a companion could come visit them. A man and a woman showed up at their house who both appeared to be in their mid-30s and wore oddly old-fashioned clothes. The woman looked particularly odd. When she stood up, it seemed that there was something wrong with the way that her legs were joined at her hips, and they both walked with really short steps and like leaning forward like they were afraid of falling this is nightmare stuff man. <laughs> yeah this is fucking creepy i do not like this stuff he's gonna be waking up in the middle of the night with scary dreams this, dreams of the men in black yeah. dude that's freaky shit have he you ever probably, seen someone like that that's like no one little thing off like have you no <laughs> that's fucking terrifying yeah. i'd like to though 
strangely I'm, appealing. I, I, I feel like I that. get a, a weird sensation of like pushing them over. Like I just want to <laughs> see them like topple over if they can't. Like they're fucking walking like they're Legos or your something. Your hip bones connected to your something. <laughs> but that's just that's yeah. Weird. That's it's that's creepy. Well, again, they just let these people in. It's like it like makes that, you drop. That's also your, weird. Yeah, it, like drops your will or your whatever. Like you just like. Like, are they hypnotizing you into, like, lulling you into a state of a sense of... Yeah, because after all like these stories... you're feeling comfort with these people. Yeah. And then afterwards, they were like, oh, fuck, that was super scary, and or why did I even do that? They're also not looking physically threatening. Like, these people look like they're fucking hobbling over, right? They look like yeah. they're sickly, they're hobbling over, like, they're walking like they look like they're going to fall. Right. So, you probably just don't feel physically threatened by them. Like, okay, come on in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like in this story, like if I saw someone like that and they wanted to come in, I'd be like, okay, worst case scenario, I fucking push them over or knock them out. <laughs> like nothing's going to happen. There's no fucking chance you let these people in your house. <laughs> Bullshit. Well, no, probably not because I'm a rational thinking human being <laughs> and the people in the story are not, but I'm just trying to figure out why they would do so. Yeah. Because these people look like they're 180 years old when they look like when they're 30. I think it's something if these stories are all real, there's something to something making people just agree mm-hmm. to it. Maybe. So these two sat awkwardly on a sofa while the man asked a number of detailed personal questions, uh, stuff like did John and Marine watch television much? What did they read? What did they talk about? It's, that's the other thing with the men in black. They always ask these personal questions that don't seem to right. make much sense about anything. Well, aren't relevant. What's the scuttlebutt? What's the gossip? Yeah, it's just not relevant. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. While they were doing uh, asking these questions, the man was holding his female companion's hand and rubbing her arm and asked John if he was doing it correctly. <laughs> you like what you see, John? <laughs> they were <My> swingers. <laughs> they were swingers. They're mis- misunderstood. <laughs> How weird would that be, though, too? Like if... Oh, this is where it gets weird, Ian? No, oh, I mean, the whole story is fucking terrifying. You like what I'm showing you, John? <laughs> you like the way I stroke that arm? <laughs> Could be stroking your cock right now. I, I, Take my strong hand. <laughs> so John left the room for a moment, and the man tried to persuade his wife, Marine, to sit next to him. And he also asked her how she was made. He was very interested in like staring at her. Does your daddy fuck your mommy? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't think of it like that. I oh, that's of, how I thought of it. No, I picked how I read it was like, how was she made? Like, like physically, how, like, your, like, how was her anatomy. body put? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I thought of it the way Dave, Dave did. Like, fuck just looking at somebody, <laughs> like, looking at, how are you made? Yeah, right. Did your daddy breed your mommy and put some seed in her? <laughs> Except I thought of it more as like he was innocently actually asking. Like, I don't think he even knew. He was just asking. How I wanted the made? birds and the bees yeah. uh, I discussion. Guess. He didn't know. You could we, see it that so way, So we le- legitimately all interpreted that three different ways. <laughs> it's just sweet talk. Dirt, dirty wild. talk. Men in black, dirty talk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Maybe. Maybe. You like it in the poop? <laughs> <laughs> Shortly afterwards, the woman stood up and announced that she wanted to leave. And the man also stood up, but... He just didn't move forward to go. He just stood up. He was between the woman and the door, and it seemed that the only way that she could get to the door was just like walking straight through him. Like she couldn't figure out walking around this guy. So she was like stuck behind him. Oh, man. 
And finally, the woman turned around to John and asked, quote, please move him. I can't move him myself. And then suddenly the man just started moving, uh, left, followed by the woman, both walking in straight lines and didn't say bye. And that was just, they, so they were gone. Bizarre. God damn, pal. I'm trying to picture having someone in my house like this. And then you, th- mm. yeah, you're like cool with it. And then afterwards, you're like, wait, what the fuck was yeah. that? That's, yeah. The next one, late one night in 1966, when a Mrs. Butler and a friend were staring at a patch of the night sky, watching a curious display of unidentified bright objects hovering in the sky. Without warning, one of these lights dropped down at high speed. And just before it hit the ground, the UFO suddenly came to a halt and bobbing just a few feet above the field. Suddenly, this light shot away, vanishing into the night sky. And over the next few days, whenever these two friends shared details of their encounter, they were hit by really painful migraines. During an interview between Mrs. Butler and John Keel, who John Keel, we remember from Moth- wrote, wrote the Mothman book, right? He's the one that brought it to the forefront of like what the Men in Black are like on the ground, like because you know. after Mothman, there was a bunch of Men in Black activity in Point Pleasant, right? Right. They were was not the mailman like the, they were running all over the streets, yeah, tearing up people's mail and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. weird <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> Kicking I, packages. It's from <laughs> I want to see that so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so out of the blue, during this interview, she asked John Keel if he knew anything about mysterious men visiting UFO witnesses, like men who looked like military personnel but who may not have been. Like we said, John Keel had already been heavily investigating men in black stories, so he kind of played it down and said he heard of a few of them, and so instead he didn't want to like risk influencing her and like getting it all hyped up, so he just like sat back and let her and listened to her story. Mrs. Butler told John Keel that six months after the UFO sighting, a quote major Richard French showed up at her doorstep identifying himself as a representative of the military and asking questions about flying saucers. Just like all the men in black, there was something that just wasn't right about Major French. His skin was an odd shade of olive, and that's we'll get into that at the end. It's either they're pale white or olive skin. Mm-hmm. His face was extremely pointed, and so was his chin. He spoke English, but his voice was very monotone, and he dressed in a suit, black suit, black tie, rather than a military outfit. So it was kind of like he spoke like he was reading a potato soup recipe? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just trying to set the parameters here. Just trying to define monotone. <laughs> Put some context around it. Before being able to ask about any like real UFO-related questions, the man said that his stomach was causing him trouble. Mrs. Butler offered him some Jello. And he quickly declined and just left. Do you know what flavor? I don't know. Oh. I imagine it as lime. That's what I like, green jello. Yeah. Also, is jello a stomach settler? Like, what uh, is, well, it's kind of an odd thing to offer someone who's got a stomach ache, right? They give it to you in hospitals, so I don't know. Like, well, like, it's easy to swallow and probably it digest. Dissolves but like, easy. Yeah. There's not much to it. It's just water and gelatin, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. She had a, she had a gelatin made in her fridge, and she offered it to him. I think every Drink. every fridge had a gelatin made in the fifties. No? <laughs> Just in the fifties, I don't 60s? know. I don't know. Dave 60s. did it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Yeah, it was, that was a low blow. So I'd imagine green or red. That's what I think of when mm. I think of Jello. Green or red? I picture red or green. Sorry. Probably. 
Yeah. Like a, a big block of green jello. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now I want jello. I haven't had jello <laughs> in fucking years. Now I want some. Yeah, it's disgusting. Why I didn't need, eat it? I, I didn't eat dinner tonight. I'm fucking starving and drunk. I want some jello. The next day, the major was back. And yet again, he didn't get many questions out and started complaining about his stomach. Mrs. Butler again offered him a bowl of jello, telling him that it would probably help out his stomach. This time he agreed, and for a moment or two, Major French just stared at the jello like he had no idea what it was. Like he was just completely dumbfounded by, by what this was. And then he stared at the spoon Mrs. Butler had given him, and like he had no comprehension of what it was. So then he awkwardly picked up the bowl and proceeded to try and drink the jello. And this Mrs. Butler, she was just like silently staring at him, like, what is happening right now? And he's like, see it jiggle, watch it wiggle. Like, I just imagine this scene. Like this guy just picks up this block of jello and he's just taken to the face. And it's probably just like bouncing off his face because you can't really drink it. You can maybe slurp a little bit. And she's looking at him like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And why did I let this guy in my yeah. house? Right. <laughs> so as she's staring at this guy, Major French seemed to realize that that she knew something was not quite normal because he just got up and left and never bothered her. <laughs> Does again. not compute. Does not compute. <laughs> that's what I picture. Yeah, like, right. Just freaking out. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, I fucked up. So that's what you got to do if if one of these weirdos comes to your house, give him jello, jello? or pudding, or just a fucking spoon. <laughs> they don't know something. what to do. You just throw them off with something weird, or like a clicky pen, right? Like yeah. from Mothman. Yeah. Just give them something that's mm. different. It's always those little handheld things. So because we're talking about uh, them not knowing how to use things like the pens and stuff, there was one right after Albert Bender stuff in 1953 where at this uh, this office that had like a lawyer's office in it, these two guys showed up and mysteriously just like started working. They were given jobs there and people said that their hands, like their wrists and their fingers, like they didn't have actual joints. Like it wasn't, Ugh. and they were real pale. They both looked exactly the same, but they didn't know how to use the doors. Like they couldn't figure out the doorknobs and stuff. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing about this story is that every one of them has a component like that. Yeah. And the weird thing is, is back, back in this day, because a lot of these are the 50s through the 70s, you don't have the internet all you had was john mainly john keel and a couple other guys going around and finding these stories and there's I mean, no way for these people to get together and be like you know let's concoct this story yeah exactly but yeah they said that these guys like just couldn't figure out how to use the doorknobs and like my mind immediately went to like well how did you get into the fucking building if you can't <laughs> figure out how to use doors like their hands are just squishy and they can't close it tight enough yeah, like with no joints, it's kind of like fluid, yeah, limp. Like that's weird, man. Like maybe they were a talpa that wasn't uh, fully formed. They weren't, yeah. they weren't strong they enough. Haven't been there yet. Oh. <laughs> we got to make a talpa, man. I would fucking love to. <laughs> the next one, and this is one of my favorite ones from John Keel's book, uh, "The Mothman Prophecies." So this this family, this Christensen family, on November twenty second, nineteen sixty seven, they had seen a UFO. And they said it was red and green lights and fell from the sky. And they reported it to the Air Force. 
and they were heavily questioned about what they saw because they actually thought it was like a plane crashing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that and that was kind of end of it when they they reported it. They were questioned about it, and that was that was the end of it. Then on January 9th, nineteen sixty eight, at five thirty p.m., there was a knock on their front door in Wildwood, New Jersey. Seventeen year old Connie Christensen went to the door and. She was just like immediately taken back by this person and she went said to her mother, quote, It's the strangest looking man I've ever seen. Mrs. Christensen then went to the door and unlatched it and looked outside. There was no car in view, and it seemed unusual because the Christian home was in an isolated area and guess I mean people weren't gonna walk there on foot. Right. They're not Ubering out there. Right. A tall man stood at the door and asked if Edward Christensen lived there. He said he was from the, quote, the Missing Heirs Bureau and asked to be let in. So they let this guy in. He, he told them that, like, he's inherited money, and I'm trying to figure out if this is the right guy. So they let him in. Yeah. So they just let this guy in. And there are another one that afterwards they say, like, I don't understand why I let this guy in this in our house. Yeah, a big, tall guy out in your house out in the woods, yeah. no car, shows up. He's the weirdest looking person you've ever seen. So you're like, come on in. Oh, you're from the Missing Heirs Bureau? Well, in all fairness, sure. it was the daughter who said it was the weirdest, and then mom let him in. Mm. Mom's too trustworthy. The daughter might have been like, motherfucker, don't let this guy in. If they had a ring doorbell, they could just let be like, get the fuck out of here, weirdo. <laughs> you fucking Gumby-ass looking motherfucker. Gumby-ass. Well, he's like, you know... <laughs> It's like, let me in. I'm Gumby, damn it. <laughs> so they said this guy was like six and a half feet tall. <laughs> God damn. And had really, really broad shoulders. He wore a Russian fur hat with a black visor on it. Get and- the fuck out of here. <laughs> had a very long he black coat. He got them apple bottom jeans, <laughs> boots with the fur. <laughs> they said his outfit was made out of really thin material. Like it didn't make sense to be... To wear the to wear what he was wearing in the weather, and he told the family, "quote This will only take forty minutes." <laughs> That's very specific, <laughs> extremely specific. Jesus, <laughs> do he, you think that was a like a slip up by him, and like he heard or meant to say this would only take a few minutes, and he said forty minutes, like just trying to copy like our language and maybe yeah, everything's just one just, detail off. Like yeah. it's just weird forty minutes, like. You would normally say this will only take a few minutes. Yeah. So I wonder if that's just like one of those little slip ups. Entirely possible. It's because you tell me this will only take 40 minutes. I'm like, fuck you. This is too long. (laughs) I don't see anybody for 40 minutes. Yeah. Mm. That's a good point. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm nitpicking, but just little things. Yeah. There's one thing off. Yeah. This will only take 40 minutes. Maybe he meant, you know, a few minutes. Mm. Yeah. I believe that. When you took off his hat, he had he revealed an unusually shaped head that was large and round while his face seemed angular and pointed hey, i have a large round head i resent the <laughs> characterization <laughs> your face is not angular and pointed uh, though I think you also you also have facial hair <laughs> i think you're skull shaming <laughs> he had black hair that was closely cropped there and there was a perfectly round spot on the back of his head that it, it, it was shaved and it looked like it had been shaved recently. He just got unplugged from the Matrix, maybe. <laughs> right. That's what it is. Yeah, that's true. Mike won't understand no. what we're talking about. I fell asleep every time I tried to watch that stupid movie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so bad. Oof. 
His nose and mouth seemed relatively normal, but his eyes were large and protruding, and it specifically said, like, quote, thyroid eyes. So he looked like Brian Peppers. (laughs) Big six foot five Brian Peppers. That's terrifying. I'm going to have to look this up now. Are thyroid eyes like an actual diagnosis? It's like a medical condition. All right. So do a little Google machine. Everyone should Google Brian Peppers. He's a hometown hero from Ohio. Like, you know who Brian Peppers is? (laughs) I do not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, look up Brian Peppers. God damn, pal. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, that's not. Come on. That's a that was a registered sex offender in Ohio. Yeah. Brian Peppers. What's the real deal, oh boy? Okay. <laughs> He's since passed away, but they also said that one of his eyes appeared to have a cast, like it was a glass eye, and it didn't move in unison mm. with the other eye. During the course of the conversation, Mister Christensen noticed a badge on the stranger's shirt pocket, which he quickly covered with his hand and removed, placing it in his coat pocket. Smooth, yeah, right. <laughs> smooth man. <laughs> it resembled a gold or br- or brass badge and seemed to have a big K on it with a small X alongside and number and letters and numbers around the edge. Underneath his thin outer coat, he was wearing a short sleeve shirt. His pants were dark gray or a black material, and they were too short, like they were riding up when he sat down. Hmm. Where's the flood, men in black? <laughs> <laughs> He wore dark shoes with unusually thick rubber soles. And a strange feature that that caught Connie and, and Mrs. Christensen's eye was when he sat down with because his pants rode up, they could see a long green wire attached to the inside of his leg and it came out of his socks and disappeared under his pants. <laughs> hmm. and, like a catheter or something? I don't know. Like they a... said it seemed like it went into his leg and there was like a brown spot where it was going into his leg. Man, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Mm. They said that his that his uh, speech was really strange. It was like a high tinny voice that seemed really weird coming from such a large guy. And they said he spoke in a strange, hard to understand sing song manner. So you got that sing song thing again. At one point, his face reddened, and he asked for a glass of water. Swallowed a large yellow capsule, which he just gulped it down, and then he returned to normal. There's another version of the story where how he said this will take 40 minutes where he says like they're talking. He's asking all these personal questions about like any birthmarks on Edward Christensen's body, all this real personal stuff. And then he just stops in the middle of it and says, like, in 20 minutes, I'm going to need a glass of water <laughs> and then goes back to stuff. <laughs> and then in 20 minutes, he asks for the glass of water, takes this pill and. Maybe he's just is on a regiment with his pills. He knows when he's got to take them. I guess so. Got a heart condition. Sure. Fucking six foot six. You need to take pills. It happens. Is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> that fucking Tall people bit. take pills? I think they do. <laughs> After about 40 minutes, he put on his hat and coat and told Mr. Christensen that he would be in touch. When he reached the road, he made a gesture and a black 1963 Cadillac drove through the trees, pulled up. Climbed in the car and drove away with the headlights off. And that was the end of the encounter. Just drove through the trees. No big deal. Oh, 63 Caddy always drives out in the middle of the night through the trees. <laughs> with their headlights unusual off. about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Never heard from him again. Nothing. Nothing from this. Uh, and I believe it was John Keel that looked up specifically the company. That bureau he said he was from for like the missing heirs thing that yeah. did not exist. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was legit. 
Well, I've been to Wildwood, New Jersey. It's like, you know, Jersey Shore Beach Town. T shirt time. <laughs> Cabs are here. All right, and then this last one we're going to get into. This one is way over the top. September 26, 1967, a woman named Shirley saw a silver disc hovering outside the windows of her home. Her doorbell rang, and when Shirley went to the door, she met a tan woman wearing a shiny black dress. This woman said, quote, hello, Pat, with an abnormally large smile. This is described as Uh-oh. like injured Cole-style smile, like mm. uncomfortably smiling right. at you that's fucking creepy mm-hmm. Shirley replied quote my name is Shirley and the woman said I'm sorry I meant Shirley can I have some salt I need to take a pill <laughs> it's like table salt or sea salt <laughs> kosher salt she didn't specify so this Dave this- I wish you would have been there to ask her and watch her head explode <laughs> when you asked her these questions <laughs> what kind of salt yeah. <laughs> please so- be more specific <laughs> So the Shirley woman, again, afterwards thinking, like, why did I even comply with any of this? She went and brought out a box of salt and handed it to the woman. The woman took a handful of salt and swallowed it down with a pill. Like, and she said she, like, choked it down because obviously it's fucking salt. You can't just swallow salt. (laughs) I mean, you can try. Yeah. Can we do that? Like a video for, like, Patreon? Yeah, Dave, you can do Dave, it anytime Dave, you want. Dave tries to swallow salt. No, Dave cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, you can go for it. All right. I'll do your it. idea, your fucking video, <laughs> I'll pal. Try it. I'll try it. No big deal. I'll swallow that like a motherfucker. That's what she said. <laughs> that is what she said. And she took it and swallowed it. So the two of them watched as this UFO started. Because in the, the whole time, according to this story, the whole time there is a silver UFO just hanging out there this whole time. <laughs> Jeez. You motherfucking worrying about salt. You're right. Yeah, let me go get that salt for you. Nothing unusual going on here. <laughs> then they want they so they stood there and watched as this UFO started to hum and took off over the house and into the distance. And then this woman, this extremely tan woman wearing this black shiny dress, <laughs> just turned around and walked out into the night and just disappeared. Then later that night, two men in black suits pulled up it's two black suits and hats pulled up in front of Shirley's home. They set up a camera with a large red light on top and just started taking a bunch of pictures of her home. And then after a while, after they were done taking pictures, they left, got in their car, didn't turn on their headlights, and just just took off. There's too much similarity like that runs through all of these stories to be made up. And it's all within a time frame where there is no internet yeah. for these people to like right. hear about it. And then, because John Keel compiled all this stuff, he wrote two books in all fairness he wrote two books but a lot of the people that he gets stories from i don't think that they would be reading his books to begin with yeah it's very very fucking it's odd very strange it's unexplainable i agree <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's it's weird i believe this stuff and there's tons more like these aren't the only ones there's so there's stories that happened in point pleasant west virginia after the mothman too with we want to recap some of those yeah some of those, those were crazy some of those classic uh men in black ones what was it with people running around town stealing mail and well that's the funniest kicking thing. Pa- packages yeah. And, yeah. i just picture a bunch of these like 
men in black just running around and like you said just like there's kicking and damaging things they, <laughs> like they look weird they look off like no one knows what the fuck they're doing like they look like kids dressed up in suits that's how i picture it well and then at that time too with them ripping up mail and stuff they were going around saying they were from the census bureau and asking mm. really odd questions that you wouldn't ask from that the census bureau would not ask people what what was the one where the guy showed up with his tape recorder and was interviewing people was it like at a funeral or some at someone's house after a funeral so if going back to uh mary hire worked she was a reporter and she okay wrote right. all those news articles about paranormal stuff and then when mothman happened then that was like game on with that and then john keel came into town and then those two started working together on stuff so she was visited by two guys two men in black typical at the newspaper office right they came into our office and they said what would you do if you were ordered to stop writing about ufos and she said you know go to hell i'm I'm gonna rape you bitch (laughs) (laughs) and so many words so then she left later that day another guy came in same description he said his name was jack brown and she said that he was stuttering really really bad like couldn't talk properly and had a really weird accent and said, uh, asked the same question. What would you do if you were told that you can't write mm-hmm. about UFOs anymore? She gave him the same answer. And then he started asking some questions about John Keel. Like if she knew John Keel, he started asking her questions about uh, Gray Barker. Well, he asked her first about Gray Barker. And then she just brought up John Keel. And, that, and he said that uh, he used to like John Keel a lot. But then he read a story that John Keel said that he saw UFOs himself. And he's a liar. Like that mm. kind of pissed him off. She was like getting to the point where it's like, okay, you need to leave because this is we're we're past hours now. Like, get the fuck out of here! And so she just left and like left him standing there. And like he was like talking, like he was just in a loop almost, like still talking, even though she was like a short circuited <laughs> android that just keeps yeah in a loop. So this is where it gets super weird. Is uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she had seen the Mothman. She was having like a like a picnic or something. Okay, kind of well, so yeah. it wasn't a funeral. Yeah, just she some was, sort of family gathering. Right. Jack Brown rolls in, says his name's Jack Brown, and against their will or whatever, they let him in. He didn't want to talk about the Mothman or anything like that. He had his tape recorder with him, like this big tape recorder, and uh, he couldn't figure out how to turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> and so they said he like fucked with it for a while. And he just couldn't figure it out, so he just said, fuck it. And he like started putting the microphone up to people's mouths, like recording what they were saying without it even being turned on. All he asked people was what Mary Heyer would do if she was told to stop writing about UFOs. Fucking weird, man. Yep. Beyond weird. And everybody man. there, I mean, you would think in your mind you'd be like, I don't know, man. The fuck do I know, pal? <laughs> right. Just having a picnic. <laughs> Jesus, let me eat my hot dog in peace. Yeah. Fucking cunt. Very strange, and then the the one right mm. before that was the the little guy that came into her room, the real short one that was like only four feet tall, and he got fascinated with that pen. Oh, yeah, she yeah. was like the old clicky click. Yeah, because she she said she was like on the phone and like put her hand over the phone, like take the fucking pen, like get out of my office, <laughs> asshole. And he uh, just started cracking up, laughing, and took off with it. <laughs> it's so That's weird, so creepy. Mm. But there's tons more of these stories. Yeah. There's the one from New York with the guy with the steak that didn't know how to eat it properly. Like, yeah. didn't know a fork and knife. Didn't even really know what food was. He was like, yeah. what do I order? Like, what am I doing? I want doing? food. Yeah. 
How about, how about a steak? <laughs> Fucking weirdo. <laughs> I want steak. Okay. I th- the, do you remember the Unsolved Mysteries episode on Men in Black? I thought those were kind of weird. I have not seen them. I watched Spoiler one the other night. Like I, the lady in Manhattan just walked by the guy. And just the same kind of thing. Like not a human face. It's just, just a, off. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's scary. You know, I was actually, I watched that the other night. There was some interesting, um, I don't remember if it was angels or what it was. <laughs> there was something super religious and ridiculous on that. I was like, I can't imagine Dave sitting here watching <laughs> this nonsense. Oh, I scanned forward to the men in black. Oh. <laughs> I watched the whole episode. It wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. That, I don't, there's something about it that just makes me feel extremely uncomfortable reading about the stories and like really trying to put myself mm-hmm. in seeing something like well, that. Well, it's obviously there's something there. I don't think it's mass hallucination, right? Like there's an underlying theme running through all these. These people saw something. Something's happening. I think that there's a lot of them that can be explained away by groups like NICAP rolling in and saying that they're more important Mm -hmm. than they really are and wanting to get the scoop on things. I think there's a lot that can be explained away by that. Well, and that uh, Gray Barker. And him just being a fucking troll. Right. Like, probably did have a lot of good intelligence on this subject, but trolling people and, and making them believe things that probably weren't also there, and that doesn't lend a lot of credibility to the whole subject. Yeah, and I think you could you could say that. You could say NICAP could be responsible for a lot. There's a Talpa theory we already talked about. Mm-hmm. There's also a theory that's been put out there that it was a lot of it's just uh, like a CIA like psyop thing to see what mass paranoia would do to people, and I, I mean, you I can't know. discount that. No, I mean, go back and listen to MK Ultra because there's a lot, there's all those sub projects under MK Ultra, like Midnight Climax and stuff, where they were just dropping LSD and people's drinks on beaches and stuff. So I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, that's uh, being putting some weird people out there to see mass paranoia is a lot more tame than just going and drugging people. Yeah, right. So. But these one, these these couple like specific ones you read about, because there's tons that you read about where people are aggressive and say like, you know, quit talking about UFOs or whatever. But these really, really odd ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Man. There's that Dan Aykroyd story too. Oh, yeah. that's a good Do one. Do we want to get into the Dan Aykroyd yeah, one? It's, it's entertaining. Of course, let's tell that story. So Dan Aykroyd was doing a show for uh, the Sci-Fi Channel out there. Is that what it was called? Out, out there, there, yeah. He, I know he was doing it with Doctor Stephen Greer was going to be one of his, uh, one of his guests. If I remember correctly, they had wrapped up filming everything. He had just gotten done wrap, like wrapped it up. It was ready to go, and he was going to be on Saturday Night Live either that night or the next night with Britney Spears. Boing. <laughs> Wait, like, he was in the bill. I don't know if he wrapped up filming or whatever, but Britney Spears called him, so mm. he went outside to take a phone call from Britney Spears. How exciting is that, Mike? It's fucking awesome. He was also in the movie Crossroads, uh, Academy Award winning film, in my opinion. What, what Academy Award did that one? In my opinion, uh, it won all oh. of them. In my opinion, it won all of them. Oofa. It was the greatest movie of that year. What, what is that? Maybe I never even Crossroads. Heard of it. It's a Britney Spears film. Uh, yeah, was it like a documentary about no, her? No, it oh. was like an actual movie, like a oh. movie movie. And uh, I don't know. She traveled across country with her friends and made her dream come true. And Dan Aykroyd played her dad. And you know, people jerked off to it and watched it. So, by people, you mean yourself? <laughs> well, I mean everyone would probably ever watch that movie because why would you watch that movie other than to watch it and jerk off? Britney Spears, Academy Award winner. 
most cum ever made to a movie. <laughs> so she called Dan Aykroyd, Dave. Yeah, so he went outside to take a call from Britney Spears, which is pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. I'd take a call from Britney Spears. I would literally get up and leave the studio, yeah. go take a call. I believe she was asking him to be on her uh, upcoming Saturday Night Live mm. appearance. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and then what he said that it was an SUV, right? Pulled up. Some kind of Mercedes. Yeah, and these two guys in black. We're just like staring at him, super weird. So he Thank like God. went out. He went outside to take this call. Right. He's smoking a cigarette. Went out. That's right. He was smoking. Yeah. yeah. These two guys are just staring at him, and he's like looking, like what the fuck? And he turned around, and when he like went back to look at him, they were just gone. Car's gone. Guys like, are gone. Everything's gone. Then he gets a, out of nowhere, gets a call from the Sci Fi Channel that his show's canceled. That that day. Yeah, that day. That's something. It's so, weird. I love Dan Aykroyd. I'd love. He's it. in all. He's, he's big. He was like the the Hollywood Mufon. Fuck yeah, he's like their ambassador. Top me- he's their whatever. top member. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd's a cool <laughs> motherfucker, man. Does he hang out with what uh, Blink One Eighty Two guy? Maybe they got to be buddies, right? You would think. Anybody that's really interested in UFOs, there is a great YouTube video out there. It's like an hour and a half long of Dan Aykroyd. Just like drinking whiskey, sm- chain smoking cigarettes. He probably goes through like a pack and a half of cigarettes <laughs> just talking about UFOs. And it's just him. It's just him talking about UFOs smoking <laughs> cigarettes. It's great. I almost want to watch that. Yeah. He's wa- He's got that other story where he was, what, in upstate New York and he got like some sort of feeling that he should go outside and they saw like some sort of pink. I'm trying to remember what the story was. Over lake, over the lake up there, some sort of pink, pink like a something, light, like a, yeah, something just but like hovering. Hundreds of other people saw the same thing at the same time. Yeah, he said. I know he's said he's had a couple experiences where he's seen UFOs. Yeah, he's interesting. Yeah, he's. I like Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Like, and we said oh, yeah. that that's. I'm Team Dan. He's uh he's more of the theory that they're um more of a physical thing, like the nuts and bolts theory that it not interdimensional, like yeah. it's coming from another planet. But yeah. Well, he's a Ghostbuster, so he should know. He knows better than us. He's a top guy over a MUFON, man. I didn't know he was that. He was a oh, MUFON. Yeah. He's heard, like, claim to fame member. <laughs> wow. Until we join. Wow. Also that. So Scientology's got Tom Cruise and MUFON's got Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I go with Aykroyd every time. Yeah, I think I would as well. <laughs> so the big question, are the men in black going to visit us because of our men in black episode? To no, tell us I, to stop talking about the men in black. I don't think so, because we haven't really touched on anything that okay. it seems like they intervene in, right? Yeah, they don't. And that's the thing is they don't, they never intervene in uh, in popular UFO cases. It's always like these side things. I was just going to ask, like, did hmm. Travis Walton have any experiences with men in black? But that's too hmm. big of a thing. It's always these Made little side things. It. And it's always people that see something. And a lot of times people that see something and they're like, how the fuck did anybody even know that I saw something? Like, I didn't tell anybody about this. And then the men in black show up. Yeah. Asking their weird-ass fucking questions. Speaking of weird questions, there's that one from Gallup Police, Ohio, that was, like, right in between uh, Indrid Cold and Mothman when that woman was leaving work the one day, and she said she saw, like, this UFO just chilling out there that looked like the Indrid Cold one that was, like, long. Mm-hmm. And those two guys got out dressed in all black. And they started asking her weird ass questions like, what is this town over here? What do you do? What do you, you know, 
all the are you married like just weird ass yeah. questions and then they got stuck in a loop asking her then it was uh what is your time over and over again and she just like looked at him like i i don't know how to answer yeah, that and then Eventually, they just turned around and went back in their UFO. And, th- and that's the town on the Ohio side of the river at the other end of the bridge that collapsed, the Silver Bridge collapse. Right. Did that happen before or after the bridge collapse? Before. That yeah. was right in between yeah. Indrid Cold and then the first Mothman sighting. Really weird. Shit was getting crazy down that mm-hmm. way. And she said, she was another one that said sing-song voices. And they just kept saying it over and over again. What is your time? What does that mean? We got to meet one of these fellows. <laughs> Well, God the damn. way Ian's trying to celebrate wanting to see UFOs, eventually he's going to see one and they're going to visit him before he can get his word out. Come knock on my door. I'll talk to you for a couple minutes. <laughs> Catch me outside, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Ian can't wait. You and your rub off lips. Yeah. <laughs> that one is fucking scary. That is so weird. That is the creepy one. No hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, and he's sitting and in your house lips. and rubs his lips off. And then there's the one that we were talking about while mm. we were off recording the video. From like 2012. The security cam video. It yeah. was in Maryland. There was some sort of UFO sighting. Mm. And these two men in black guys came in looking for what? The hotel manager and or the, the witness to the UFO right. sighting. But there's security cam video. and You can Google it. and I think we posted it. You can it. see them, yeah. man. They're they look like identical. Ident- yeah, yeah, identical twins. And all the people in the, there was witnesses in the hotel and the like multiple employees that were trying to talk to them said that they, like, no eyelashes, no nothing. They looked like twins and that the one picked up a pen off the counter and was like looking at it like, what, what is this? Like real <laughs> confused by it. I mean, and you think these are, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, this was less than 10 years ago. Yeah. And they, they do. They they look so out of place. They yeah. look like they're from the 60s. Yeah. They're, the way that they're dressed and everything. They're both super tall. Weird. Really weird. Mm. Well, that's Men in Black. Te- I mean, technically, if they're Talpas, we all fed the Talpa tonight. We made them stronger. If you get creeped out, you fed the Talpa. Mm. All right, let's go. <laughs> I want a Talpa. I mean, you fed the Men in Black Talpa. If you got creeped out by any of this. I don't know if I got creeped out. But I do believe I do believe it. So you fed the Talpa. Okay. Let's go. I want them showing up. <laughs> Come at me, bros. I want to experience this. It'd be be weird. But it, it seems like just offer them something that they're not familiar with and you're gonna like send their brain into a trigger. You fuck <laughs> like up their programming yeah, they don't and put know them in a do. loop. Yeah. Like give them jello, give them a spoon, <laughs> give them a pen. Like yeah. show them like a mouse to an like a computer, like a clicky mouse. They don't know what the fuck to do with that. Give them a remote control to a TV. Maybe they don't know what to do with that. It seems like a ballpoint pen is a real, uh, it's a common <laughs> one for them. They can't figure that out. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It'd be fun to fuck with them like in that sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like when the Mormons yeah. come to your house, the <laughs> Jehovah Witnesses. You fuck with them as well. <laughs> like I would love, like if they came to my house, I want to give one a steak but give him a, a knife and a spoon and see mm. him make it work. Because obviously, you know, you're going to just scoop it up them and just fuck with them like something slightly. I'm going to give you a beer with a straw and then I'm just going to mock you for drinking a beer with a straw. <laughs> Maybe it'll send his brain into it like, a, you mm. know. I'm sure a straw would really fuck with him. Well, they wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know. It's Think interesting, of, man. It's what other, interesting. I want people to tweet us or Instagram or Facebook us. What weird shit would you do to fuck with men in black? That's what I want to know. Or have you ever seen a man in black? Or if you've ever had an encounter with a man in black. Yeah. But I want to know how you'd fuck with them, really. Just throw them off a little bit. 
Jello. What would they think of cereal? Like hard mm. food floating in a liquid. <laughs> what would they do with that? I don't know. Did you ever see those? He's talking about weird fucks. Did you ever see those people that pour the milk first and then their cereal on top of it? That's a uh, thing. No. That is a thing. That doesn't seem right. People pour their milk first and then the cereal on top. I don't need cereal. Seems like you would just like it would just overflow your cereal everywhere. It just seems like a dumb fuck thing to do. What's or the wait, di- no. What's the difference? But, yeah. I don't know. It's it's <laughs> a terrible fuck thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you pour your milk because then your your cereal first is going to float on top of it. And you have to wait for it to get soggy and True. then b- bottom right. out and then pour on top. Like right. what kind of psychotic human being does something like that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. the same kind of psychotic that eats uh, SpaghettiOs cold out of the can. Well, you and me both, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> I haven't even had dinner yet. We've been going on <laughs> six hours of drinking, and I have yet to eat food. I think tonight's going to be a, a French bread pizza kind of night, though. Mm. Stouffer's French bread. Magusta. So the roof of your mouth will be burned and cut up for three days? <laughs> well, it'll be consistent with my tongue that is still a fucking, you know, destroyed mess. with Cut up as it is. Well, I have a new mm-hmm. life goal to create a tulpa, so start working on it. The Necronomicon culpa, come up with something. Be pretty fucking cool. I like to think it's a Men in Black, but with like an Annalise voice. Hmm. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that scare the shit out of you? Oh my god! No hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. She and, had a sexy voice. Well, gives me a boner, but that's just me. <laughs> that's that's an unbluetooth boner too. Imagine if you had the bluetooth. Well, if they sponsor us, then I'll take it. But and so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Take it. Annalise. All right. We got anything else on? Uh, we got anything else on uh, Men in Black, Ian? No. Dave, you got anything else on the old, the good guys dress in black? No, man. I love these stories. They're so creepy. Yeah. I focused a lot on the Talpa theory. I mean, there's others out there. There's other mm. like. There's some theories with Aleister Crowley bringing things into existence. There's some interesting stuff out there, but yeah. we, we'd be sitting here doing the. We, it, this would turn into crazy. We'd have to do Aleister Crowley. Then we'd have to oh, do. Oh yeah, you'd be yeah. here for a week. And we can, we'll get into him though at some point. Yeah, right? yeah, for we'll sure. Aleister Crowley. I mean, if you like these stories, though, Google. There's tons more out there, and they're all just super creepy. Yeah. If you want to look further into it, they're uh, it's a fun read for sure. All right, some shout outs to some new patrons. Thank you very much to Bryce Parkinson, Michelle Cook, Bobby Roseborough, Chelsea Wheeler, Shay Neba, Devin, Jess, Sarah Emerson, Jared Brown, Nick Pappas, and El Delalo. Thank you guys very much. If you're interested in becoming patrons, we are at patreon.com slash necronomapod. Ian, what do you got for us? For iTunes, I have one for Lou Lucas 89, Nico 5. Four six eight. This one looks like uh, they slammed their hand on a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> JW forty eight. KD Virgo sixty seven. And that is it. Thank you guys for the reviews. Dave, what do you got from the socials? From Instagram. Stop talking, Christina. <laughs> no, you can keep talking. That's her name. Stop talking, Christina. <laughs> Erica Lynn twenty three. Erica sent us some uh, Jeep swag uh and yeah thank you so much really cool hell yeah thank you i have a jeep so i'm gonna put my shirt on drive my jeep around town they see me rolling (laughs) they hating (laughs) motherfuckers try to catch me riding dirty french graffito cheyenne lewis 
Shaybeard O'Neill and Jessica Jane on Twitter, SpaceCat122, LordDie666, and PerfectBlue89. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, so if you're on Facebook, uh, Necronama Pals is a, uh, I guess, underground Facebook group that started up. They're looking for new members. Yeah. Yeah, a huge thank you to them because they're, uh, they're promoting us big time over there. So there you go. For all of you followers on Twitter and Facebook or Twitter and Instagram and even on the Discord, get on over to the Facebook Necronema Pals and hit them up. Lots of fun activity going on there from what I understand. Yeah. There's rules over there too. You can't can't shit on us in that group. Well, that's fantastic. That sounds like an awesome Unless your ass will be kicked out. Boom. Goddamn. <laughs> Love it. It's awesome. Ian's in the group. He's a, he's an inside member now. I did. I joined. Good. Did they love you when you joined? I think so. That's nice. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you to them. All mm-hmm. them. That's awesome. Appreciate it. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and do we even plug YouTube anymore? Fuck YouTube. Yeah. yeah fuck well. that. They they don't <laughs> they don't use us anymore because they they stopped using our hosting site. That's true. So mm-hmm. we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Necronamapod. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon or a patron, we are at Patreon.com/slash Necronamapod, and. Uh, I think that's it. Good show. This has been fun. I liked it. We got some good stuff coming up in the the, uh, next few weeks as well. For sure. Okay. Hopefully everybody was creeped out, fed that tulpa a little more. Yeah. We want a Necronomapod tulpa. Make your own tulpa tonight. Boom. Create your own character. I've said boom too many times. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. Create a tulpa and just have that tulpa kill me. It's the boom tulpa. And boom goes the dynamite. (laughs) Are you guys ready for a cold end here? Yes. (laughs) Cheers.